patient-centered, family-sensitive care. Temecula Valley Hospital, presenting our series of informative podcasts. It's TVH Doc Talk with Melanie Cole. If you sneeze a lot or if your nose is often runny or stuffy or if your eyes, mouth, or skin feel itchy, you might have allergic rhinitis. According to the American College of Allergy, Asthma, and Immunology, this is a condition that might affect up to 40 million Americans. My guest today is Dr. Matthew Leach. He's an ENT and a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Welcome to the show, Dr. Leach. What is allergic rhinitis? Well, rhinitis is kind of a catch-all term for inflammation in the nose. Um, and allergies to outdoor plants tend to be the most common reason. And uh, pollens are a big one, tree, grass, weed pollen, mold of um, various flavors, uh, dust, and then uh, very commonly thought of in allergic rhinitis are pets and uh, animal dander. So how would somebody know that they have this as compared to a cold? Because some of these symptoms can mimic just a normal cold. Generally, um, it comes uh, at specific times of year. So people will know it's coming and they'll sort of mentally prepare for it because they know that every spring when uh, the trees bud, they get these symptoms. And they tend to be pretty classic. And um, hay fever is kind of the, the general term for them. And they take the form of sneezing, itchy eyes, runny nose, kind of general feelings of malaise and tiredness. Um, but they tend to not have the kind of body aches or fevers or things like that uh, that would signify more of a cold. So then how would somebody find out what they are allergic to, whether it's pollen or pet dander? How do they find out? Well, uh, there's several ways. Often you have, as a clinician or an ENT, you have a pretty good idea just by when people say they get symptoms. Um, as I mentioned before, the um, uh, pollen tend to be uh, in the spring, especially tree. Um, in the summer, it tends to be grass. In the fall, it tends to be the weed and mold. So that also gives us a very good starting point. But we can um, essentially take two different route tests. We can do blood tests, which look at um, specific proteins in blood related to specific allergies. Uh, and these these are, they have a name called IgE, and IgEs that are specific for pollen, specific for mold, specific, et cetera, et cetera. Um, another very common way to test for allergies is we test patient skin. And so we will introduce a very small amount of different, um, what we call antigen, a small amount of different types of tree, pollen, grass, pollen, weed, et cetera. Uh, and then we wait a few minutes and your skin reacts and we have uh, we measure um, called the wheel and flare response. So you'll get a little red welt, and it'll raise up, and it'll get itchy, and we measure it. And if it becomes a certain size, we consider that a positive test, and we consider you allergic to that specific thing. Then what does someone do once they figured out what their triggers are, what they're allergic to? Are there some standard things that they can do at home before they would consider maybe medicational intervention? There are, and a lot of people, once you see them in the clinic for allergic rhinitis, have already tried these things. The big thing is avoidance. So they know they get it bad in the spring, so they try to not do a lot of gardening in the spring. They wait for the summer, um, et cetera. Or, you know, they say things like, you know, I used to ride my bike a lot, but I don't do that anymore just because of the allergies. Now I ride 
you know, a treadmill inside. So you've, they, they will give you a story of how they've tried to avoid the things that give them symptoms. Um, for patients that have very strong dust allergies, dust mites, which, um, as you know, are found in uh, every home in the United States, there are things you can do, um, treat your furniture, you can, um, you know, get hypoallergenic sheets and things like that. Um, getting rid of old carpet, old stuffed animals, things like that. There are a lot of things you can do to kind of cut down on the allergic load um, in your own house. And what about air purifiers? Do they help with this? Um, They do not help a lot. They have been shown to decrease the amount of allergens in the air, but they have not been shown to translate into decreased symptoms for the patient. So then we're looking towards some medicational intervention, decongestants, antihistamines, and the like. Can people just use what they find over the counter? Generally speaking, yes. Um, Most um, people who treat allergies take a fairly um, aggressive approach as far as medications are concerned. And you essentially can treat them in a number of different... You mentioned uh, over-the-counter antihistamine. Uh, pills and what those do is they decrease the amount of histamine release systemically in your body. Histamine is the is the uh, inflammatory protein which is responsible for a lot of the symptoms we mentioned, specifically the itchy eyes, the sneezing. Um, if you have allergy triggered asthma, it's responsible for that as well. Another very good one that we use is a um, uh, which are now becoming available over the counter are steroid sprays in the nose. Um, the two most common ones being uh, Flonase and Nasacort. Um, those work on decreasing the swelling inside the nose. So in patients who have congestion in the nose, trouble breathing in and out through the nose, uh, essentially stuffy nose, those medications work well for those. There are other sprays that are um, a little bit newer that um, are antihistamine sprays. So the same concept as taking an antihistamine pill but you keep it targeted inside the nose only. Um, There are other um, oral medications you can take um, called leukotriene inhibitors, which are generally prescription, which are uh, to antihistamines but work a little bit differently. In very, very severe cases, uh, you might get a short course of oral steroids, which are by prescription. Um, And decongestants you can get over-the-counter in either a spray form or a pill form However, those are generally kind of short-term medications for very severe symptoms and are not really used for long-term symptom control. And are you still doing allergy shots for people? We do. And so generally the way um, the treatment algorithm works is if you can hold um, by medications alone or with the avoidant um, behaviors that we discussed, you would be a candidate for what we call therapy. And that takes two forms, either in shots, which is the older um, form, which are, are drops, um, sublingual therapy. So you give drops underneath the tongue. And in both those forms, what you're doing is you're giving the body very tiny amounts of the thing that it's allergic to um, in such a small amount that you don't get the, the symptoms that you would with a full-blown hay fever, um, but that your body's immune system still reacts to those proteins. And the concept is over time, and we're talking generally three to five years, you gradually increase the amount of the allergens that the patient is exposed to. And over that time, your body's immune system essentially adapts to that. And so that when you've completed your immunotherapy, you go out 
into the world, and your body's immune system is less reactive towards those things that it used to give such strong symptoms for. And why should patients come to Temecula Valley Hospital for their care? Well, we, um, we're in a thriving community, and Temecula Valley has a big lead as far as um, being on the forefront of health care for that community. Um, it's a brand new hospital with a lot of um, exciting and motivated physicians who have been brought in. So I think it's a really, um, you know, exciting place with a lot of energy. Thank you so much for being with us today. You're listening to TVH Doc Talk with Temecula Valley Hospital. For more information, you can go to TemeculaValleyHospital.com. That's TemeculaValleyHospital.com. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.